In this episode, I will share with you what data analytics was like for me, why I pivoted my career out of it. I was a data analyst for six years before I quit to do daily work journal and executive coaching full-time in 2020. To set the scene, I need to take you back to my first job out of college at Deloitte Consulting. I knew I wanted to leave Deloitte Consulting very quickly when I started that job. Uh, long story short, I wasn't enjoying the products, uh, the projects rather, I was assigned to and where uh, you're literally some of the most junior level people in the company as an analyst at Deloitte Consulting, you don't have a lot of say to where you get placed and what projects you get to work on. So the only way I saw I could get out of there and the client projects I was assigned to was if I left Deloitte Consulting. So when I was thinking about my next career move after consulting, I would have been happy to do one of three types of jobs. I wanted to do either business development, data analytics, or strategy and operations. For business development, there just weren't enough roles for someone as junior as I was at the time. So I didn't have much success there and also didn't care to spend the outsized effort required of me to get that junior level business development position. But I liked the idea that this was a role based on people relationships to further partnerships between companies or products. That really appealed to me. And I knew then that I would thrive in a role that was people-based. I also really liked that part of business development roles. For strategy and operations, this is a type of role that's different depending on which company you work at. But it does actually have an element of analytics required as well. But in general, I like the thought of being in a seat where I could affect strategy and operations. And part of it was definitely ego-based. I think I just liked the sound of this title. It's what we, you know, jokingly call sexy tech roles, strategy and operations, very sexy role. But part of it actually would later hint to me that of my role creating Daily Work Journal, which is that I like operations. I like building things a lot and I like making sure that things work. And if they don't, and if it's a technical, it's not a technical product, I'm reasonably confident that I can figure it out. Every founder has a story of driving their product somewhere to fulfill their customer's need. And I have done that too for Daily Work Journal. And also putting together Daily Work Journal was an operations project, really. And it took me six months end to end to create the product. So yeah, in my first job out of college, I had an intuition that I would be good at operations and building things and getting things done. Analytics made sense to me then too. I didn't know much about how it would actually be, of course. I hadn't stepped into the role yet. But at the very least, I told myself that I would have a solid foundation that would be applicable anywhere I go and whatever job I have. And I was right. Now looking back, data analytics has absolutely provided that for me. I have gained the confidence that I really have brought my data analytics skills wherever I went, whether that was my main job function or not. And I saw the firsthand that it was a very valuable skill. In fact, it is such a valuable skill that I would be picked out from a sea of resumes for having data analytics uh, on my resume and having that background, and especially even for non-data roles. So that just goes to show you how versatile and sought after the skill set is, even if it's not the main job that you do. You always need someone to translate the data 
even if in a few years when there will be AI that will create all the data visualizations for you and you no longer have to code anything, it is my firm belief that there will still need to be an analyst to interpret and translate and advise senior leaders with the data, even if AI gets you the literal data. And it's not that senior leaders can't do it themselves. Maybe in a smaller startup, the senior leader will have to act as the analyst, but necessarily in a bigger place, the stream of work will be divided in a way there will still need to be an analyst to oversee this detail. And this is why I think data analysts are here to stay. So it's always a good idea to work towards becoming a data analyst, no matter what year it is. So a day in the life of a data analyst goes like this. You're assigned a project by a stakeholder or more senior member of your team. Typically, this project has three components. The first component is for you to export the data. The second component is for you to analyze the data. And the third component is for you to present visualizations and final findings of this data. And then this cycle repeats itself for the end of your career as a data analyst. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, this is the definition of being a data analyst. You just repeat, rinse and repeat, cycle through all these projects, and this is kind of all you do until you quit and find a different job. Depending on where you work, you may or may not be doing the first step of extracting this data by yourself. I have mostly only worked in places where I had to extract this data myself, whether it's by building a report that runs from a business intelligence system, like SAP business objects, or whether it's by writing a SQL query that runs in the database and outputs you the data you need. But it is also possible for you to work as a data analyst somewhere where another team does this data extraction for you. In general, I would really not recommend this type of role if you had the choice between picking between these two. Yes, in the latter case, you will have an easier role as a data analyst because your scope is smaller. But when things break and you get asked questions about where the data comes from, I also think you have less control in this instance because you, you don't really know. You're kind of at the mercy of the data extraction team to do a good job on your behalf. And there's not a whole ton of accountability there. And I'm a big advocate of more scope and more learning in your career, especially early on. I'm someone who likes a lot of control in my life, and so with that corollary, I would also want to pull the data myself because then I can back myself up firmly with where it came from. And I like knowing that I know that. But along with that, you have more responsibility. Your head is on the chopping block if your data is wrong. Okay, well, that sounds really serious. Um, you won't die. You won't die uh, but, uh, just because you presented you know, wrong data once or twice. But make no mistake, you certainly won't look good, especially if you are presenting to senior leaders of your company. Every data analyst has one or two hall passes to make a mistake, but I honestly think you cannot have more than that. If you have any more than three big data mistakes within that same role, I, I honestly think your reputation as a data analyst will be impacted. And, and part of being a data analyst is that people have to trust that your number, numbers are robust and right. So you can, of course, work on building that reputation, but at the end of the day, you have only a few hall passes. 
In a lot of case interviews for consulting or even case competitions in an academic setting, it feels very popular for the interviewer or the stakeholder to ask you where you got the data from, and they'll drill you on the methodology. But in my lived experience as a data analyst, people don't actually do that. They trust that you got the data right no matter how you got there. So and again, harking back to your reputation and your ability to do really good work, um, because people aren't actually going to ask you where you got it. So you actually end up being the quality assurance and quality control person for your own data work. Many times in my career, I'm the person actually who finds out later that a data point that I presented earlier was actually wrong. And you have to own up to this. You have to go back around and tell everyone, hey, actually that number I presented is wrong. You know, maybe I duplicated the names of the customers ac accidentally, so everything is doubled or something. I don't know. Uh, whatever it is, that's good integrity for you to do that as a person and as an employee. But yeah, make, make no mistake, you have ownership over the data you present, and you will be held accountable for mistakes. And so this brings me to my first reason, and probably the biggest reason, why I left data analytics because being a data analyst is really stressful. You have a really big responsibility to present not only accurate information, but also insights. And this, for me, was really, really stressful. If this sounds fun to you, great. You're a good fit to be a data analyst, and more importantly, you will actually like it. I'm good about stress in my work in other ways, like being an entrepreneur and the sort of vagueness of it all, but not in this way where the responsibility weighed really heavily on me in data analytics like I've described. In addition, if you work in a data analyst role where you're responsible for pulling your own data like I was, you have to be really detail-oriented. That's kind of part of this package. You have to be detail-oriented in a few places. For example, one is where you write your code. If you keep your script neat and clean, you're making it easier for yourself to troubleshoot things later if, if something does break. Um, but yeah, too, if you, if you spot check the data after you output the data export, you need clean code. It's just going to get really hairy if it doesn't look like that. So um, here's an example. If I'm working with Salesforce data and I'm looking at what our salespeople are doing, maybe, the, uh, maybe I'm looking at the number of sales opportunities they're creating in Salesforce. I will first be exporting that data that can count me how many salespeople are there and how many opportunities they create. So the final output can be as simple as a table with these two numbers. Then you have to take an identifier of one of these salespeople, maybe it's their name or employee ID, and then you go into Salesforce yourself as an administrator and look at this person's activities and see if their opportunities they've created indeed matches the number that you have pulled from your data. And this is how you check your work as a data analyst. So you have to be really meticulous about this. And you also have to check like this a few times so you can be confident that you didn't just get lucky with your result and that in fact you've pulled robust good data. 
And so if you think you like being a detective like this and digging through information like this, then being a data analyst would be a good fit for you. But for me, it's just I'm not like that. I would actually be better as the senior leader that all the analysts work for. I just I just want to know what this number is. I don't really care about the process of generating it. Let me know this number and go on my way with my day to do something with this number. I do not care for the process of it at all. And that is the biggest part of a data analyst job, really. So uh, I was not a good fit. Also, as a result of the nature of this work, most data analysts I know work long hours, right? Again, this is just kind of the nature of the game. Are there some analysts somewhere who's cruising along in their job and just kind of coasting and having a great, easy time? Sure, I, I know there must be. But for the most part, you are always working long hours to crunch out these insights. And also because analytics is so sought after as the end product, you have all these senior leaders trying to get your time so you can work on projects for them so they can get the numbers that they want to see. This is again, it was very stressful for me. <laughs> I'm a big people pleaser and oftentimes daily analysts are stretched thin and people want you to do work for them in all directions. Uh, so if this sounds exciting for you and you like the idea of working closely with senior leaders all the time, then you would also be a good fit for being a data analyst. And again, this is just another point to add to working long hours. Because your stakeholders are senior leaders, sometimes you just don't have much choice but to work long hours in order to create what they want. And sure, you can have some boundaries. I hope you're not working 14-hour days days for three months straight, but are you expected to stay up late to finish something frequently? Yes. In my experience, yes. That is sort of the unsaid expectation of being a data analyst. Now let's pivot and talk about the benefits of being a data analyst and why I do still recommend it as a job. So I've already talked about the exposure to senior leadership. I've talked about how versatile and sought after this is as a skill. And I've alluded to the inter uh, interesting projects you will be working on. There are a few more major points I would point to as a benefit. And the first is that data analytics is a high paying job. At the peak of my analytics career, when I was a senior analyst, my base salary was $135,000 um, in the San Francisco uh, Bay Area range. So this was pre-pandemic, but I actually think I would be in the top 5% of American household income um, with that number. It's something, um, you know, it's, it's a high, high six-figure income. And I'm a big advocate for making as much money as you can the, the younger you are. And, and thankfully, because I did have this career and I was saving all along, my data analytics uh, salary and the savings and the benefits that came with it ended up being the foundation for me to fall back on when I became an entrepreneur. It was also the seed money I invested in Daily Work Journal, actually. When I created the first batch of daily work journals, I used my own savings, and it wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't been a data analyst. So I'm incredibly grateful for that. The second thing is that working in data analytics exposed me to some of the smartest people I know. 
I'm honored to have been colleagues with them, truly. My professional network is so solid as a result of my time as a data analyst that I can assemble you a team to do whatever you need, whether it's to start a startup or to troubleshoot your data infrastructure or to advise you on your strategy, whatever it is that you need or that I need for that for the matter, for my own company, Daily Work Journal, I know somebody for that job. And it's not just good networking, right? Being surrounded by smart people is the ultimate gift of inspiration. I'm not even sure if I can fully articulate this, but for, for me, being surrounded by smart people makes me feel incredibly alive. There's just palpable energy and excitement and joy and accomplishment. It's just such a great way to live your work life, honestly. And when you put your mind to working and accomplishing something and you see your colleagues doing it too and you're also helping each other, I can't tell you how many times I ask someone on my team to double check something for me or ask them how they would do the same task. All of this comes together and really creates a work community for me. And so cliche, but I really do think that is what camaraderie means for me. One day I'm going to make an episode just on work friendships and my work reflections around this. <laughs> but, but yes, for now, let me go back to keeping on talking about the benefits of being a data analyst. So uh, one of them is also the accessibility of becoming a data analyst, no matter your background. When I was a data analyst, I did not graduate from college with a data analyst degree, analytics degree. You can do that at some colleges now. It's kind of like a new major that I know that exists at a few places around the country. Everything I know how to do as an analyst, I learned through my various jobs. And this is why it can be so hard for boot camp grads or college grads even to become an analyst without the prior experience because that working experience as an analyst still trumps the academic knowledge at the end of the day. Do I agree with this method of recruiting? No, not really. I think there are so many, there are a lot of really robust bootcamp programs out there that teach you to be great data analysts. And um, conversely, I've also met many practicing data analysts on the job who aren't very good, but this is the bias that exists right now. And I think that tide is tough to turn um, in the future, but it's not impossible to turn. Um, and you can certainly succeed as a bootcamp grad breaking into data analytics. And data analytics is a technical field you can get into without having an engineering or technical background. So at UCLA, where I went to school, I double majored in economics and global studies. And as you hear from my story, I got into data analytics by way of consulting as a junior kind of level employee recruiting in there. I will caution that the older you are, the harder it will be for you to switch into data analytics if that's something you want to do. I've most commonly seen more junior people, uh, more senior people rather, take on this more junior level role in analytics just so they can switch. And that might unfortunately be what you will have to be faced with as well um, if you don't already have that working experience and working background as an analyst. 
For younger people, I encourage you to hop around jobs often. Uh, tailor your own rotational program, right? That was what I did for myself. I started my career in data analytics and marketing. Um, the first one doesn't really matter what you pick and what you go to. In my case, it was data analytics specifically for marketing in the marketing department. So that was where I got my start. Then I did actually go into strategy and operations data analytics. That was very cool and really fun and I got to see a lot of different things and it ranged from sales to business development. It was kind of a full circle moment when I did have a chance in my data analytics career to work on business development projects. And then finally, my very last data analytics role, I went into people analytics and I rounded out my experience this way, I effectively built my own rotational program. So if you're a young person and you don't get into the rotational programs that these tech companies already have uh, standing, you just know that you have the power to do something similar for yourself. And what that entails is quitting and jumping around and going to jobs that you want to go to. You have the power to drive your career. This is actually why I encourage everyone to keep a work journal and constantly reflect upon their work because your time in your career is of an essence. You really want to think intentionally about your steps in your career because some steps will be harder for you to take the older you are. It is it's actually really heartbreaking for me to see when people want to be data analysts when they're older and having such a difficult time. And you know, if you trace back your journey, I would, I mean, I'm not judging them, but it's like, what are you, what were you doing five years ago? What were you doing two years ago? You know, how could you have done this sooner? What was your path to getting there? Not saying that, you know, everybody's situation is different, not saying that they didn't have the self-awareness, but having and keeping a work journal is another tool for you to just feel really good about what you're doing in your career. You know, that's just what I want for everyone. And <laughs> I'm curious when I publish this episode, if you can hear that my volume got really much louder in that last paragraph that I was, you know, talking about because I was very passionate. I think I moved my did I move my mic closer to my mouth I don't know but I am curious to hear if my voice got louder okay so that is that piece remember the older you are the more difficult it is to get functional technical experience whether you're a data analyst or a software engineer or any type of other technical role and you want to have this experience even if you're a senior leader in data or software engineering or whatever the technical thing you're doing is. And the reason why you want to do that is because when push comes to shove, so I'll talk about being a data analyst again, as a senior leader in data, if you own a data team, you want to be able to step in and actually code or create data visualizations or write Excel formulas or do whatever it is that you need to do to deliver the final deliverable. I once had a manager who wasn't technical and that made me very nervous. And to her, I was also a bottleneck because I was the only person who could do the work. And she was very happy not being a technical leader, and that's her choice in her career. So you can definitely be a manager of data analysts, even if you're not technical. But 
I just wouldn't advise this for anyone. I think building your career, I think you'd be heavily handicapped this way. And you just wouldn't be competitive in this market. I'm very conservative in the way I built up my own career in that I wanted to make sure that no matter what happens in my entrepreneurship journey or if I become a stay-at-home mom one day and then want to return to work later or if AI starts to dominate the world like it's seemingly starting to do it right now, that I would always have a technical skill set that makes me a great employee and candidate for hire. And I think that's what technical data analytic skills really will do for you. And, and I know that to be true for myself. And so in many ways, that's why I sleep easy at night, because I feel like, you know, whatever happens to me, if I needed to, I could always go back and be a data analyst, even if I guess in this case, I would probably have to um, you know, that career for me has stalled a little bit, right? Because I ended up being a senior data analyst. So if I went back, I would probably just have to get a job in that same um, level as a senior and, and not a manager, maybe a manager. I don't know. I'm certainly very rusty these days with my coding, but I have my base baseline data analytics skills. So to cap off this episode, data analysts enjoy a wide range for their career progression after they're done with doing data analytics. So I just want to share um, final thoughts that most of my friends from when I was a data analyst, they moved on to become a couple things. They became chief of staffs, uh, right-hand man, men and women to CEOs. Um, and high ups. They became product managers. So if you want to be a PM one day, being a data analyst is a great starting point to segueing into that. Or they actually became data scientists, which is kind of like data analyst 2.0. There's more stats, there's a little bit more technical sort of expertise required to be a data analyst. I would never claim to I w being a data analyst is very different from being a data scientist, so I would never say that I was a data scientist because I wasn't. And so that was another path that my friends and colleagues went down, and several of them became startup founders, right? Because there's such a good baseline skill for them to start their own companies. It's just a really good, versatile, and valuable skill set. And that's it. That's the end of this episode. If you want to ask any questions about being a data analyst, I'm happy to answer. I have no idea how I'm going to get that information to you because once this episode is uploaded, I don't think I'm going to touch it. But I might poke around Spotify and see how to do these Q&A things. But till next time, thanks for joining me. Mm -hmm.